0: The stories of Elijah and the demoniac amongst the tombs in Luke's Gospel illuminate the unique stories of refugees, the millions around the world who flee war, oppression, famine, and economic ruin. Richard Helmer delivered this sermon on Sunday, June 24, 2007, at Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. In the name of the God of refugees, amen. So it's good to see you all here this morning rather than out sipping wine. Maybe that comes later, right? One of my closest friends my first two years of college was Cheng. A biology major who later went on to become a minister, Cheng was and remains one of the most gentle and unassuming and truly peaceful people I have ever known. He was always the calm in the midst of the rebellions of undergraduate life. We all know them well the drinking and the carousing and the usual antics of so many classmates and all of that seemed to hardly touch him. In my sophomore year when we became roommates, Cheng proved to be a loyal and honest friend and a profound example of personal integrity that I continue to treasure as a bright spot in some of my more wayward years. And he was a devout Christian with an almost unshakable and remarkable faith and a sense of the spirit. He had a nose, it seemed, always for what was right and what was most humble. His dignity flowed from a deep inner light, and he seemed to have no interest in anything but what was true and just. He was a friend to everyone who would need friendship, a companion in adversity, and a calming presence in the midst of personal storm. But as I got to know him better, I became acquainted with a haunting past that helped form the foundation for his remarkable character and the character of his family and his people, a culture that had suffered from profound violence. Seared into Chang's memory always are images from when he was only just a toddler. His family is Hmong. A people from Southeast Asia who worked for the Central Intelligence Agency during the Vietnam era. When the United States pulled out of Vietnam in the mid 1970s and the communist regime overran South Vietnam, the royalist government in Laos, where Cheng's family lived, was also overthrown by communist rebels. The Hmong as a whole in Laos were immediate targets for incarceration, reindoctrination and worse. Thousands fled on foot to Thailand ahead of the advancing communist forces, and Chang's family was among them. At younger than three years old, Chang told me that he vividly remembers seeing elderly relatives sit down on the long road to Thailand, exhausted from the long march, never to be seen again. By the time he and his family reached Thailand, Cheng remembered how utterly emaciated he was, and yet he was among the fortunate. The United States permitted only a fraction of those who fled to Thailand into this country as refugees, among them Cheng's family. They settled in the Denver area and started over almost completely from nothing. Precisely how this experience shaped Chang's faith and personal integrity or inner peace, I can't know for sure, but I imagine and I feel deep in my heart that at some very profound level it did, and it continues to. Knowing nothing but the road ahead, hands empty except perhaps for the children, hearts empty except perhaps for the hope and determination to keep moving forward, That is the raw experience of so many refugees around the world. It runs like a common thread through their families for generations. It leaves marks on the children and on the grandchildren. And as a matter of faith, of course, Chang always found solace and inspiration in scripture stories like we hear today. Stories that are, in fact, about refugees Elijah is the first refugee we hear about today returning from a miraculously divine and almost primeval and bloody victory against the prophets of Baal Elijah is threatened by Jezebel the wife of the king of Israel Elijah immediately flees into the wilderness and bereft of any further hope places himself places himself into the refuge of the hands of God. The second story we hear today is about a different sort of refugee. The demoniac in today's gospel is a crazy man suffering what we might regard today as a particularly violent psychological disorder, and he has taken refuge in the tombs on the fringes of civilized society. He has become an embodiment of all the evils of his time and place. That the demons he suffer are named legion is no accident. This Greek word that has survived virtually unchanged in our present-day English epitomizes the Roman imperial occupation. It, in no uncertain terms, possesses him. In the words of friend and colleague John Kirkley, this demoniac internalized the dynamic of colonizer and colonized, characterized by brutality, exploitation, subservience, resentment, and guilt. In his inner life and relationship with his neighbors, we see the evil of Roman imperialism writ large. Both Elijah and the demoniac, as refugees, are about to have an encounter with God. Elijah in the wilderness is tended by angels and comes face to face with the creator in one of the most moving mystical scenes of Hebrew scripture. It's only after following a great fire and an earthquake and a whirlwind that he encounters the divine presence following the sound of sheer silence. A God who comes quietly and simply asks the prophet, what are you doing here, Elijah? A question that might well be asked of all refugees. What are you doing here? Dramatic in different ways, Jesus casts out the legion in the demoniac, restoring him to his full humanity, and at the same time turning the local social order inside out. In an uncanny intersection of miracle and political statement and religious observance, Jesus cast the demons into the herd of swine who rushed down the mountainside and drowned. The swine herds and city people are distraught at what this might mean. And whether it signals another confrontation between Rome and local Jewish rebels... And just who is this person, Jesus, who subdued and brought peace to a man no one else could even restrain with chains? This refugee for whom death was the only true refuge. The story of Ching and his family fleeing all they knew for an uncertain future in an uncertain land resonates for me deeply with these stories of Elijah and the demoniac. They resonate, too, with other great refugees of our scriptures. One was Moses, who was fleeing Pharaoh's wrath and seeking refuge in Midian. And it is there that he will encounter God in the burning bush. Or Ruth and her mother-in-law, two Moabite women seeking refuge from famine in Bethlehem or the holy family fleeing to Egypt to escape the wrath of Herod shortly after Jesus' birth. It seems for the ancient authors of scripture, our God has a high regard for refugees of many kinds. Today we remember and say special prayers for refugees around the world. Tens of millions of people, families, children, mothers, widows, orphans, They flee war and famine, threats on their lives simply because of who they were when they were born and for what they have stood for on principle. From Southeast Asia to Darfur to Iraq to Cubans in camps within our own borders, each of them has a distinct story to tell like Elijah, like the demoniac in the land of the Gerasenes, like Chang and his family. Stories that are each in unique and incredible ways burned through with the story of God. Some of those stories are closer to us than we know, because if you cut many of us to the bone, you will find ancestors in our bloodlines who were refugees. Some from political and religious oppression, some from economic ruin and collapse, some from war some from broken lives too shattered to put back together. At the end of the day, we all share in our hearts the journey of the refugee, threatened by forces beyond our control, by machinations of the powerful sometimes, and we come each week here as spiritual refugees for even a moment, casting ourselves utterly into the hands of a God who knows us no matter where here happens to be. It is part of our vocation as Christians and as a Christian community to see refugees of all kinds as God's people, and whenever the opportunity arises to speak up for their dignity, especially when it becomes expedient to sweep the desperate from public sight or to leave them wandering among the tombs. For our God is the God of refugees the God of the outcast and the stranger, the God that we say as Christians who was a refugee in Jesus Christ, who took refuge in a human family, who was born into Egypt and having as an adult no place to rest his head, who was ultimately a victim, however holy, of political and religious persecution. So each day now when I hear of refugees, I remember my friend Chang. And I invite each of you to remember refugees you have known, even in your own household. Remember them the next time the voices of the powerful speak about them. Remember the next time you hear of persecution in distant places or close to home. Or when you hear conversation about national or international policy. For to know a refugee is to know what it means to be human. And to know a refugee is, in no small way, to know Christ in the other. Amen.